He is worthy. He is worthy. Everybody get out of the mully grubs. If you're going through it, just give it to the Lord. Some people in here are really, really going through it, man. Some people are just having the craziest week of their life. Um, read the bulletin. Some people have gotten some really bad news this week. But God is on the throne. God is good. Amen. So, yeah, give the Lord some praise. Give the Lord some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And if anybody needs cough drops, I've got a, uh, I've got you covered. Um, anywho, um, let's read this, Philippians 3, verses 1 through 7. Lord willing, this will be our text for this morning. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. That's our text for this morning. Lord willing, we'll get through it. There's a lot of good, a lot of good stuff there. Um, let's pray. Dear gracious heavenly Father, thank you so much for your anointing. Father God, if anything's going to be done in this service, Lord, it's going to be through you, Lord. So, Father God, we ask you for your anointing and your will being done in this service. Father God, thank you that chains are going to be set free. Thank you that your spirit, your Holy Spirit is free to do whatever it desires. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen. So, guys, as you are well aware of, we're continuing our study. We're continuing our study in the book of Philippians. And so just a little, uh, just let's go over just a little bit for anybody that hasn't been here for a while. What we got going on here, the Apostle Paul, he's locked up. He's sequestered back in Rome. He's on house arrest uh, for serving the Lord. That was his crime, serving the Lord, spreading the gospel. Um, instead of being discouraged, and he had all the re- he has all the reasons in the world to be discouraged, He's being persecuted. Um, he sends a letter of encouragement and a thank you letter uh, to the Philippian church, one of the churches that he helped establish uh, back in his second uh, missionary trip. So the, this, the Philippian church is very special to him. Uh, the church in general, the church in large, God's people during this time are suffering greatly under persecution. So the Apostle Paul sends out this letter of encouragement and he encourages the church in Philippi, guys, no, no fighting amongst yourselves. Let's focus on what's truly important. And that's one of the main things that he pushes in the early part of his letter. And he will get back to that. Um, last week he, he was talking about, Hey, I really want to go to see you guys. I'm sending Timothy, my protege, my understudy, my right hand man. I'm sending Timothy to you guys just as soon as I find out what's going on with my court case here so he can give you some information. 
Um, but as of right now, I'm sending you the guy that you sent to me to bring the care package. I'm sending him back to you because the guy got really sick and he needs to be back with his people. But now Paul's going to get back into a more of a teaching mode. So that's just a little recap. And this is what we got going on right here. Philippians 3 and verse 1, you can follow along on the monitor or in your bulletins or in the good book itself. Uh, we're reading out of the ESV if you're following along in the Bible. Philippians 3 and verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is not trouble to me, and it is safe for you. So it's interesting, Philippians 3, chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, finally, as in he's winding up his letter. And just like in classic preacher style, he's not winding up his letter. He might think he's winding up his letter, but he's not. It's literally um, in a four-chapter book, he's starting the second half of this letter. Uh, now, now, to be honest, chapter 1 and chapter 2 are a little longer than chapter 3 and chapter 4, but I find that very preachery, very interesting. He says, finally, like, let me say this before I tie this thing together. But what he is going to say is very important and will be a big theme for the rest of the book. It's going to appear uh, specifically big time in chapter 4, but he hits on it right here. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. That is the message for all of us today, man. That's the message that God wants us to have. Rejoice in the Lord, not in your circumstances. Amen. Can I get a witness? Because our circumstances, they change. And let's be honest, man. Well, I'll just tell you how I am. When I get my eyes off of the Lord and I'm just doing the thing and it happens all the time, I got to be honest with you. You know, when things are going good, man, God is good. And I want to, I want to sing his praises, man. And I don't sing good. I'm just trying to say that, man, when, when everything's just going peachy, it is so easy to say, God, you are so good. You are so good. You have blessed me so much. But as you know, man, my circumstances change on a daily basis. So does yours. You know, so it doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what your what what your portfolio is looking like. I like saying that. I don't even really know what that means, man. Um, yeah, I talked to my son or Mr. John about that, but yeah, I've heard it's important. Um, um, but uh, you know, you know, situations change in our life, man. People we love die. People people we love get sick. We get sick. Um, these things happen, man. But God says, don't focus on that stuff. He's not saying bury your head in the sand. He's saying rejoice in the Lord, not in our circumstances. And he wouldn't say do it. This is important, man, because we do want to have peace, but we want to have joy as well. Peace and joy in the middle of our crises, in the middle of our storm is available to us. Our God wouldn't say through the apostle Paul, rejoice in the Lord. He wouldn't say do it if it wasn't there for us to do. Amen. So he says, rejoice in the Lord. In other words, don't look at the wind and the waves and let those bring you down. Don't, don't look at the lies that they're spitting out of the TV and let that bring you down or get discouraged or start thinking something weird. Remember, God is in control, man. God is in control. So I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to focus on His goodness. I'm going to focus on God's faithfulness. Does that make sense? If I can focus, and, and that's a job, man. That, that is a job. The Apostle Paul um, will say down the road, I have learned. I have learned to be content, okay? So it's a process to be able to just, uh, just like an involuntary movement, just to say, okay, you know what? God's in control, man. God's in control. 
So I focus on him and he has joy. He has peace for me. I focus on his faithfulness, not the circumstances that change. You know, not, and uh, I'm not putting my hope on some individual. I'm not putting my hope on some person who can be very fickle or just let you down and not even mean to let you down. Amen. But look with me at Psalm 119, verse 90. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Got it. Do you got it? I don't know what that is. Um, look on the back of your bulletin. Um, Psalm 119, verse 90. Uh, to rejoice in the Lord. Let's focus on what is truly important. Psalm 119 and verse 90. Your faithfulness, your faithfulness endures to all generations. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. That is a huge deal. That is a big deal. That's something that we can sink our teeth into and be excited about. Not everybody in your life is going to be there for you. A lot of them want to be there. Some people are selfish. I'm just saying that you're steady. You're, you're not going anywhere. Your anchor is God and his faithfulness. And the apostle Paul says, rejoice in him. Rejoice in the Lord, the one that granted you life, the one that sent his son to die so you could live forever. Okay. He is faithful. He's not going anywhere. So even though your life is in the craziest place it's ever been, God says, okay. I'm the same. Jesus says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Even though you didn't expect this, you didn't expect, hey, Jesus says, I'm here for you. Amen. And he's got a proven track record to show you. He's not going anywhere. So briefly, Psalm 119 and verse 90, your faithfulness endures to all generations. I really, really like that. We see that in a couple places, a few places in Scripture where it says faithful to all generations. So right there, that gives me the luxury of being able to look back through scripture and say, hey, the, he was faithful to the, he was faithful to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Daniel, David, Joseph, Esther, all these cats. He's faithful to every generation. You know, so here I am. Oh, and I don't have to worry about when the Lord calls me home because he's going to be faithful to that generation as well. You know what I mean? So that is a wonderful blessing and it will allow me to seriously rejoice in the Lord, ma'am. Okay, your faithfulness endures to all generations. Okay, he's faithful. But see, I can be faithful and then uh, the good Lord can call me home and it doesn't matter what kind of promises I made to you, even if I really meant to keep those promises. Good Lord calls me home, there ain't a whole heck of a lot I can do about it. Does that make sense? But see, here we go. We got, we got the, we got the, the most high God. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who doesn't sleep, doesn't slumber, watches over you, says, I am faithful. I have been faithful. I have a hundred percent proven A plus track record. And he says, here, when in doubt, look just a little bit, just a tiny bit. Look over at my resume. Okay. So check it out. Your faithfulness endures for, to all generations. You have established the earth. Oh, that's a pretty big deal. Right. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> you you have established the earth, okay? You have established the earth, and it stands fast. So it ain't like he just did it, and now it's kind of out of control, and he's doing all he can to keep everything in order. You know, the psalmist is saying, and Psalms 119 is beautiful. You need to get into it. I'm telling you, it's a real quick read. Not really. It's super long, but it's so good. Um, <laughs> You know, he's, God established the earth, okay? So he can handle whatever you're going through. He's not going to give up on you. Okay. He's keeping everything in perfect order. Everything's going 
according to his plan, whether you want to believe that or not, why don't you just grab a hold of some peace and joy and understand that nothing that has happened in the last few years took God by surprise, okay? He knows what's going on. He knows the secret things being done in hidden places. He, he knows all this stuff, and he wants us to know, hey, hey, kids, hey, beloved, I'm in charge, all is well. Trust in me. Can I get a witness? Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you and is safe for you. So this is also very preachery, and I get a lot of that personally because I do feel like I'm rather repetitious. I've been told I'm rather repetitious, and I don't feel like those people are lying when they say I'm repetitious. Um, so sometimes I can be repetitious. <laughs> so, But, you know, that's how we learn things. You know, that's how we learn things. So the Apostle Paul, that's not lost to him. He, he's this amazing teacher. He's from, he's from the uh, Pharisees. He knows how to get people to remember things. And he's doing, he, he's doing his messages right now through letters, man. So he wants people to grab a hold of what's truly important. He, he doesn't have the luxury at this moment to be in front of the Philippian church. So he says, if, if you see something where I've said it more than once, that's because it's important. It's because I want you to learn it, to get a hold of it, because it's important. Amen? Um, so what is what is my takeaway from that? What does that mean to me, man? Apostle Paul's like, I don't mind saying the same things a couple times. I got the paper. I got the ink. I got the time. You know? He says it's safe for you. It, this is good for you to spend time in the Word. Okay? You're going to be saturated by the world all week long. All this is going on around you. Don't even... I mean, you can turn on the news, and man, if you ain't grounded in the Word of God, man, you're going to get all kinds of crazy thoughts. You know what I mean? But see, looky here. Joshua 1 and verse 8. This book of the law, this book right here, our scriptures, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. See, God is telling Joshua right here, you're, you're, I called you to be a leader. you got a really, really, really big job to do. Now, this is something very important, Josh. This is something very important. Stay in my word, okay? When things look crazy, when doubts start coming in, meditate on my word. Talk it, talk it out, man. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. See, that, that's a problem right there, isn't it? Because um, we don't really meditate on the word day and night like we should. I mean, I can't speak for you guys, but I can certainly speak for myself. You know, but if I want to have joy, if I want to have peace, if I want to be excited about what God's doing, I stay in his word, man. I stay in his word and something's going to happen, man. My spirit man's going to get excited even when everything else looks like it's falling apart, man. Ah, Because I'm tapped into the real deal, man. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Okay, read about it, chew it up, think about it, meditate, talk about it, then do it, okay? Mm, So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We got a little tidbit, man, that little secret tucked away in Scripture. It's not, it's not a secret. We should all know this, and I believe we all do, but we don't always act on it, or I don't. But God says, read my word, keep my word 
at the forefront of your thoughts. Think about it. Do what the word says, and you're going to be blessed. You're going to keep yourself out of a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? You're going to have the right attitude. You, this is important stuff, man, for Christian folks. You know what I mean? So when the Apostle Paul says, I don't mind being a little repetitious, okay, this is important stuff. We need to stay into the Word. And, you know, you can read a story like David and Goliath, man, and you think you know all the ins and the outs because you've heard it from Grandma. You've heard it from Papa. You you heard it from your Sunday school teachers. You know the story inside and out. But, man, when you get into the Word of God, don't skip over that good stuff, man. You, you The Lord will expose things to you that you never saw before, man. You know, that's what the Apostle Paul's saying, man. Dig into it. First um, Peter 3 and verse 15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Now, that is something that will happen, man. And God says, be prepared. Be prepared. People are going to ask you, hey, what's this deal? What's this deal about you and church? What's this deal about you and the Bible? What's this deal about you and Jesus Christ? If they don't ask you, they're going to be thinking about it. Because as the world's crumbling apart and falling apart around all of us, people are looking for something true, man. People are looking for something, man. You know? And some people just want to prove you wrong so they can keep on doing what they're doing. And we don't don't judge them, man. We've all fallen short. Can I get a witness? You know what I mean? Without God's grace, I would have woke up in the gutter or not woke up in the gutter. You know, but see, here's the deal, man. We need to stay in the good book. Keep reading the good book, you know, because there will be times in your life, man, where you're going to have to give an answer. What's the reason you're okay? How are you okay with all this, man? Well, I got my joy in the Lord, man. I'm trusting in him. Amen. Moving forward, let's go to the next slide, beloved. Is everyone okay? Philippians 3 and verse 2. Now, Paul's changing changing, uh, changing the direction a little bit. This is a big thing that was going on in the early church, and it happens to this day. But specifically, there was these cats called Judaizers who were going into churches. And the Apostle Paul couldn't be in all churches at all times. Matter of fact, he was locked up. You know, But these Judaizers were going to different churches, and they were saying, hey, 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 hey. What you guys got going on here, it's okay. This Jesus thing, it's good, okay? It's good, but you have to follow the Old Testament laws. You you can't get rid of the ceremonial laws, man. This is very important. So these Jewish cats, Jewish people, were were going into these uh, Gentile churches, mainly Gentile churches, you know, who knew about all the laws, the religious laws and ceremonial things that the Jews had to do, okay? And they were coming in these churches and saying, hey, man, are you circumcised? You circumcised? You doing the thing, man? Are you, are you doing all the stuff that the law requires of you? And so it was causing a lot of confusion, and it was leading a lot of people off down a track that, that was not the right way to go. So the Apostle Paul wants to address this, and he's not holding back any punches towards these people that are saying, you know, uh, because if you have a pure bloodline, you can get into heaven. Or if you do these steps, you can get into heaven. He's saying, hey, ain't none, it ain't nothing to do with none of that stuff, man. Don't, don't believe that nonsense. Can I get a witness? Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Okay, now it says, look out for the dogs. 
Now, that, that's one of them things that, that I never really noticed before, but it jumped out at me as I was studying. Do you know what Hebrews, you know what Jewish people used to call Gentiles or non-Jewish people, you know what you used to call them? Used to call them dogs. So Hebrews would call anybody that was not a Hebrew, they would call them dogs. And it's not because they liked dogs back then. It's not like today when you say, that's my dog right there. You know, That's what the kids say. That's what the, the young ones are like, that's my dog. Um, but but yeah, it wasn't a good thing to say uh, they're dogs, man, you know. Um, but it's interesting, the Apostle Paul talking to a Gentile church, I hope I don't mess this up, talking to a Gentile church, people that aren't Jewish, he says, the Judaizers, man, these these guys following the Jewish tradition saying that's what you got to do. They're the dogs, man. They're the ones, man. Not you guys, because you have Jesus Christ. Okay? It's a beautiful thing. Okay. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those mutilators of the flesh. So they insisted, these Judaizers insisted you had to be circumcised. You had to follow the ceremonial law. Remember, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. He fulfilled it because we couldn't do it. So jumping through a bunch of hoops to try and get God's attention, the Apostle Paul saying, ah, 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 no, no, you don't do that. Don't worry about that. First Peter 5 and verse 8. We got to be on guard. That's what I'm trying to say right here. This is what the Apostle Paul says right at the top of Philippians 3 verse 2. He says, look out for be on guard, be sober, be vigilant. So First Peter 5a, I don't believe you have it on your monitor or the bulletin, but it's worth going over real fast. First Peter 5 and verse 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Understand, you know, we've got a real enemy, and he'll try and sneak into the church and cause all kinds of trouble. You know what I mean? That's another reason why we got to stay in the Word, you know. We got to stay in the word. So when somebody starts talking something, even out of pure motives, man, somebody might say something that is totally contrary to the word of God, but you got to know what the word of God says. You know what I mean? Plus, there, there's a whole bunch of cats like these Judaizers. You know, there's all kinds of deceived people that'll, that'll come into the church and say, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. See, deep call, deep man, you got to be able to test the spirits. That's going to start, man, from knowing your Bible. That's the truth, man. That's the truth. Can I get a witness? Go ahead. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil. You know a lot of Christians, man? I didn't do this poll. Somebody did this poll. A lot of Christians do not even believe in an actual literal devil. But see, check this out. This is what the Word of God says. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Because there is a real devil, man. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's looking for that weak link, man. He's looking for that little gazelle, that little bunny rabbit that's in the last last part of the herd. I mean, did you know bunny rabbits, they run in flocks? They they don't, they don't. I mean, if you correct, never mind, just moving forward. Forget about, forget it. All God's people said, forget about it. Do it with a, uh, do it with a New York accent. Matthew 7 and verse 15. Matthew 7 and verse 15. This is Jesus. Beware of false prophets. Hey, they still exist to this day, man. You know what I mean? They, they still exist to this day. 
Beware of false prophets. One of the biggest lies you're going to hear nowadays, and, and if you're not wise, man, it sounds kind of good to the flesh, you know, but there's this big teaching right now, man, and it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't nothing new, you know, but it's real hot and happening with all the kids, man, you know. Just believe, be, be sincere in what you believe, man. Grab something, man. It's okay if you dig on Buddha. It's okay if, if this is your thing. It all leads to the same place. <laughs> no, it doesn't, man. No, it doesn't. That's a lie, okay? I mean, all through town, man, I see people riding around with these coexist stickers, and it's got all the, the main religions of the world on the back of it. Hey, man, we can totally coexist, but we follow the one true God. We follow the one true God, you know what I mean? And I ain't looking to blow you up or kill you because you don't believe in Jesus Christ, but I know I'm on the right path. Amen. I know my life's been changed. Can I get a witness? Okay. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Okay. Watch out for those guys. Be sober. Be on guard. Let's jump back to Philippians 3, verse 2. Look out for those dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Verse 3, for we are the circumcision, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So when he's talking about those mutilators of the flesh, these, these folks would come into the church and say, I don't get it. You Gentiles... You Gentiles, if you want to be with us, if you want to be saved, if you want to be part of uh, Abraham's seed, if you want to go to heaven, you got to be circumcised, man. You got to show this outward mark that you are set aside for God, okay? And so the Apostle Paul hears about this and he's pretty furious. He's like, man, that's no, that's not how it works, okay? That's not how it works. And he says, we are the circumcised. He's not talking about the Jews, even though Paul is a Jew, which he will address in a minute. <laughs> he says, we are the circumcised, talking about Christian people. And in Romans 2, it talks about the circumcision of the heart. And that's what matters, that we are set aside by our free will. We are set aside by our heart devoted to God, not from some outward sign or something like that. Amen? But that's what Paul's addressing here. For we are the circumcision. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God. Now, that's important, guys, because the old form of worship got, got, very, bland, got very bland as these people got more devoted to following a bunch of steps and rules and jumping through hoops along the way somewhere. A lot of them forgot to worship the Most High God. And they thought, well, my blood comes from Abraham. My bloodline is through Abraham. Okay, and I'm jumping through all these hoops. I am the seed of the righteous. I'm God's son. Okay, more, more likely they were saying I'm God's grandbaby. And God don't have no grandbabies. Okay, they were saying just because I was born through these people, I'm righteous. I got my ticket to ride. And the Apostle Paul saying, noop, 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 noop. All those people, noop, noop. Do it like a typewriter, like a, a noop, noop, noop. Okay. For we are the circumcisions who worship by spirit, by the spirit of God. And that's what God wants us, uh, worship by the spirit. Remember when Jesus was talking, um, to the woman at the well and she was, she was, uh, she was a Samaritan and she was, she was just baffled that this Hebrew rabbi would be talking to her. 
And, she, and so she says, you, you Jews say you worship in Jerusalem. Us Samaritans say we worship here on this mountain and all this. And Jesus said, and you know, here's the deal. God is spirit and he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. So what he's saying, it's, it's not about going to a geographical location. It's not about jumping through a bunch of hoops. It's about inward sincerity. It is about loving God, worshiping God, even in the worst times in your life at the moment, worshiping God, crying out to him. I don't know what's going on, but my eyes are towards you. Amen. For we are the circumcision who worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Okay, because you can't do it on your own. You need Jesus Christ. Verse four. Okay, um, verse four. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If, so Paul's addressing the Judaizers, these guys. He, and uh, this is to the Philippian church. So he's saying, if there was a way for you to be righteous because of the things you do or the blood that's coursing through your veins, I would be that guy. I would totally be that guy. You know, But it's not about the blood that's coursing through your veins. Veins. It's not about that blood. It's about the blood that's been shed for you. You know what I mean? It's about the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the big thing. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, also, if anyone else thinks he has reasons for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And he's about to he's about to go through this amazing pedigree that looks really, really good. But let me read John 3 and verse 3 right here. This is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Now, the Apostle Paul, he was a Pharisee before he got saved. Now, this guy, Nicodemus, who's Jesus talking to in John 3, verse 3, he was a Pharisee as well. And he come to check out Jesus late at night. And so he's talking to Jesus, and Jesus kind of just stops him right there in his tracks, and he's like, look, dude, you got to be born again. It's not about being the seed of Abraham. Okay, it's not about that stuff. You have, have, you have to have a life change. You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The old man has to die. The new man has to arise. You can't do it on your own. It's not about doing a bunch of cool stuff. It's about accepting what's already been done for you. So he says in John 3 and verse 3, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this is a very important point that the Apostle Paul is making to these guys. Don't let anyone deceive you. Let's go to the next slide. Is everyone okay? Somebody brought some delicious looking treats back there. If you want to go get them and bring them out here, we'll share them. Okay. Sister Claudia said there's not that many. I know what that means. That means we're going to have them at dinner later. No, I'm playing. I don't know. God is good, right? Philippians 3 and verse 5. Aren't we blessed to have Sister Claudia? Philippians 3 and verse 5. So Paul's going to go down his pedigree real fast, which he does have one, circumcised on the eighth day. And I think part of the reason why he's laying this all out is he wants the Philippian church, he wants the other believers to understand, I'm not picking on these guys, you know, because they got it going on and you don't have it going on and I don't have it going on. He's saying in the natural, in the flesh, 
man, I got these guys trumped, man. I am light years ahead of these guys, man, by what I am uh, in the natural. Make sense? Circumcised on the eighth day. means my mommy and my daddy were obedient to the law when I didn't have anything to do with it. According to the law, I was circumcised right when I was supposed to be. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. You can trace it all the way back, man. A Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law of Pharisee. So that's a big thing right there, man. Dude, I was a Pharisee. I was on the fast track to running the show, man. I was like in the Supreme Court of religious leadership. A Pharisee as to zeal. Let me tell you about zeal. You know, these guys coming in here, kicking in doors, saying, all right, everyone, boys over here, it's time to get circumcised and all this. Talk about zeal. Talk about zeal. A persecutor of the church as to righteousness under the law, blameless. So Paul's making that point again. Dude, if you could get to heaven by by having your stuff together in the natural, by by jumping through all the hoops, by being of the... uh, by being of the house of Israel, I'm there. But he said all that stuff, mm-mm. later on he's going to say that stuff is, uh, well, I'll say that for later what he actually calls it because it's pretty cool. Okay, but look at Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, verse 6 and 9. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. I apologize. Ephesians 2, verse 8 9. For by grace you have been saved. Now I'm going to read that again. And if that means anything to you at all, get excited. For grace you have been saved. That's the big thing, man. Because the Apostle Paul's making the stand. It's not about, it's not about your bloodline. It's not about doing all this stuff. It's not about works. It's about accepting what's been done for you. Ephesians 2, verse 8. Almost done, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. For by grace you have been saved. What's grace? God's favor that you don't deserve, that you didn't earn, that you can't earn. For grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. Okay, so anybody comes up to you and says, you do this, you do that, you you do these, jump through these hoops, and you got it covered. No, it's not about jumping through any hoops. you got to realize you're a sinner. You need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. And you accept Him. You accept what He did. And this is not your own doing. Because, okay, every other religion in the world is going to say, you have to do these things. You have to do this. They're all works-based, some way, shape, or form, man. Okay? And Christianity is the exact opposite. It's not about doing works. You get saved, then you're going to want to do some good things. You know, it's about what's been done for you. Moving forward. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the results of works, so that no one may boast. It's pretty cool that Paul's telling the Ephesians in the Ephesian letters, it's not by works, so nobody can boast. Nobody. So specifically to the Judaizers, you guys need to shut up. Shut up. Shut your mouth. Stop boasting. You know, don't bring that junk in here. Don't stop telling these fine Christian folks they got to get circumcised or do this or do that. It's not about works. Okay, the Apostle Paul said if anybody could boast, man, 
I could do some boasting, man. I'm the real deal. Philippians 2, Philippians 3, um, verse 7. So he's done with his pedigree, and we're going to stop here today. But whatever gains I had, but whatever gains I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. It's like all that stuff in my old life, all my training, all, 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 this, all this stuff that I did, it was, it was pulling me farther away from God. You know, in the natural, all my buddies were like, dude, you were like super awesome Jewish Hebrew dude, man. You, you got it together, man. You were hunting down Christians. When you got to where you couldn't find any, any more Christians around here, you go to Damascus. You go, you go, and the apostle Paul, man, he's like, all that stuff that I thought was what I had to do to be close to God, it's like that stuff was pulling me farther away from God, was leading me in the opposite direction. Okay, it was giving me a false sense of security. So this really strikes a nerve with the Apostle Paul when he hears about these guys coming into his churches that he set up talking all this false gospel stuff, man. It's like, I won't have it. Uh-uh, these guys are evil, evil. Look at your neighbor and say, evil. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we're going to close with this. John 14 and verse 6. Jesus said to him, this is good, this is good. You're going to pinch yourself on this one. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So talking about all these other religions and all these other perceived ways to get eternal life, uh, it ain't going to work out for you. It's not going to work out for you. So don't even entertain that nonsense. There's only one way for salvation. There's only one way to eternal life, and that is through Jesus Christ. Okay. Give the Lord some praise. There's only one way to eternal life, and that is Jesus Christ. So what I want to do right now is I want everyone to search their hearts. Search your hearts and see, have, have I thought that because I was raised in the church um, that I'm good? Or maybe I thought, well, one day when I get my ducks in a row, I will accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Well, you're never going to get your ducks in a row. That's not going to happen. And you don't necessarily know if you will have the privilege of a deathbed to make a deathbed transformation and accept Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation, beloved. So if you put it off, you need to do it today. So we're going to say this little prayer, but this, this, this is, even though it's a short prayer, if you say it and you mean it, your eternity will change. You know, your your eternal destination will change. And it's not about being a good person versus a bad person. That would be the main topic pretty much of what we talked about today, man. It's not about being cool, hip, or a nice guy. It's about accepting what has been done for you. So we're going to say this prayer. And everybody's welcome to say it. But if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to do that today. So this is what we're looking at. I am a sinner. 
I repent of all my sins. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And He died for my sins. And He rose from the dead. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. And I will walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you if you said that, if you said that and you meant it, man, you're saved. You know,